Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? I have an iced green rooibos blueberry herbal tea. Let's say that five times fast. From Adagio <laughs> Teas. It's caffeine-free. It's nice and refreshing and fruity. It's warm today. It's not as like blisteringly hot as it's been the rest of the week, but it's still, you know, iced tea is still a good idea. How about yes. you? Well, it's also not as hot here too, but it is still warm. So I'm Today I'm drinking a blueberry lemonade from Machete's Cafe, which is my local cafe and giving them a shout out. And they mostly do coffees, but they also have one of the people who works there does. He's like, okay, new flavor combination. Let's see what we can oh, do. Fun. So, so I'm... Uh, We're both drinking blueberries. Uh, yeah, it's a blueberry kind of day. <laughs> it's a blueberry kind of day. And our guest today is the wonderful Tanya Eby, and she is an award-winning audiobook narrator and casting director and producer for Day and Audio. She's an USA Today bestselling author and posts essays about life and work to Substack, and her work has also appeared in the Huffington Post. She also narrates erotica and a romance under the names Tatiana Sokolov and Amber Reed. And Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited. Now, I have to say, first of all, I know you first from watching the live stream for These Walls Can Talk. When I first saw you there, I hadn't listened to anything of yours on audiobook yet that I knew of. Mm. And then I went looking and over a thousand titles under any of those names. Wow. No, I have listened to you before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. <laughs> but it's not just romance, though. You you work in all kinds of genres. Mm -hmm. Is like, are there any genre that you haven't done yet? I haven't done much YA. I okay. like YA, but I think there's so many other narrators who just love it so much mm -hmm. that I haven't pursued YA. But I always try to get like really dark stories and... I don't get those either, but I try. But you try. <laughs> I try. It's probably the giggle that makes it not happen. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> the giggle's too charming to uh, be right. turned evil. I'm dark and brooding and hee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a missed opportunity on the part of the dark romance or dark <laughs> story. Yeah, you tell them. <laughs> I think that, that that would actually make a wonderful dark character is that somebody who is, you know, has the has the voice and appearance and the sweetness and light and, oh, but they've got a dark side. Right? <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. I think one of them is probably listening. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you've done so many titles. I think you actually hold the record for narrators that we have spoken to so far as far as number of total titles. So congratulations. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but you're also a casting director and producer. So yeah. that means that you are you cast talent for audiobooks are looking for new talent. What do you look for when you're looking for new talent? I look for voices that match the book. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on on what the book calls for. I, I don't really care so much. I want them to have like, it would be nice if people working with me had five to 10 audiobooks that they've already put out there that lets mm -hmm. me know that they know the process, they respect it, they're accountable. But beyond that, it's just the sound of who makes the story come to life in your in your mind. Right. And there's so many ways to do that, mm -hmm. which it can be really surprising. So I don't look for any one thing except 
How do they tell the story? How do you find these folks? Is it through ACX? Is it, do they come to you? Is it a combination? Yeah, there's a there's a number of ways. I've been in the industry with as many books as I've recorded. You could probably guess I've been around for a while. <laughs> so like 20 years doing this. So I have a large network of people that I've worked with on projects. or And then I have a social media. And we have a, a big database at Dion Audio that I can use. And every now and then I look at who's been commenting on things. And it just reminds me of who the narrator to check them out. And then I go to Audible. I'm an active listener, so I listen to a lot of things. So there's all sorts of ways that I find people and they find me. Well, since you listened for your work, do you have time at all to listen for pleasure or read for pleasure? Yeah. So what's interesting is I'm not narrating as much as I used to. So for the first time in a long time, I've been reading for pleasure, which is Mm. fun. Yay. I still listen for pleasure. I was an audiobook fan back when they were cassettes and I would get them at my library. Yep. (laughs) I think I still have a few cassettes of various books. Right. I do too. Yeah. So I still listen and I listen a lot like when I'm cooking, which I do a lot of. So yeah, stories all the time. And speaking of cooking, Uh (laughs) in doing the research for the interview, I found this wonderful holiday gem. You were on Nailed It Holiday. That how, Tell us about that experience. And you won. I you did. Won. <laughs> I won. And it, and Spoiler like, alert for those who haven't right. seen the episode. But uh, you won. Congratulations. And it was just kind of an, an epic experience. The whole, the whole day was just amazing. It was just the most fun. It ended with a dream of my coming true, not only winning, but I got this slow clap. Yes. That was pretty epic. It was just, it was a blast. I love yeah. a slow clap. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I love the way that you you talked about it, you know, in the the 80s <laughs> movies with the, right. you know, the, the, the sports star who comes out and, you know, gets started and... And yeah. I was just like, yep, I could picture every movie where that happens to me. Right? <laughs> and I am not at, I am like a high, a high level geek. I am not athletic at all. So I've never, I've never won any kind of sporting event. So Hard making same. bad cakes, right. It was like the closest <laughs> I could come to sporting events. Now I would have to say, okay, I, obviously I didn't. I didn't taste the cake, so I don't know if it tasted terrible and they were Mm -hmm. just, you know, using their poker faces or not. But, I mean, I thought it was terribly creative. So, Zana, if you haven't seen the episode already, Tanya won with a cake that was supposed to look like um, a snowy (laughs) mountainside with penguins going down, like skiing, snowboarding, you know, doing all of the winter sports. Okay. It was supposed to be a plaid cake. Isn't that right? <laughs> yep. Like a, a check on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Plaid yeah. Cake. You cut into it. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a like three color checkerboard type plaid cake to suggest winter plaid. That's too much. <laughs> it was. It was it too was. much. It, That's it insane. Why would you do that? <laughs> I love your creativity here, Tanya, because instead of copying exactly what what the professional baker did you added candy and Mm -hmm. the green rock crystal christmas trees (laughs) that was just chef's thank you thank you i was very proud of myself the nailed it show i mean that's that's sort of the purpose of it isn't it you know is is it is it's kind of to celebrate people who are awful 
<laughs> and it's lovely. Educate yeah. me on this nailed it. Is this like the Pinterest nailed it thing? Where yeah, like, so they okay. try. So you try to make whatever glorious creation you try right. to recreate that. Only uh-huh. the people they have doing it really have no skill set. <laughs> <laughs> that was how I got on the show. So okay, my enthusiasm, I think. Uh, well, yeah, you know, the, that. that can carry you a long way. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, are... like Pinterest is sort of the thief of joy anyway, because, you know, they put all these things out there and it's like, why would anybody go through that much trouble to make something look like, okay. <laughs> right? It's a lot of so work. So I kind of, I really like the nailed it ones when I've seen them because it's like, oh, <laughs> yay, you, you gave it a shot. <laughs> right? You yeah. tried. But you do baking at home though. Oh, yeah. I I bake and um, what I really love is cooking. And that's why uh, baking is fun too, but you really have to pay attention. And yeah. I think I just get distracted or bored or whatever. So baking isn't really my it's not my favorite. Baking is all chemistry and cooking is all yeah. art. It's all art. Exactly. So, yes. 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 So. so, but I do enjoy eating the baking. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of have to go through one to get to the Fair. other. Fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was so much fun to watch you. Thank you. Your enthusiasm. And then, you know, you say audiobook narrator, you spend all of your time in a booth and you're not really out and about too much yeah but it's a community even without that you know a community of solitaries uh, which right is yeah one of the things I actually love about audiobooks anyway in this show when we review books Zana is most often going to eyeball read it and I'm most often going to be listening mm-hmm. not anymore not anymore <laughs> I <got> you. yeah <laughs> I converted her <laughs> nice Another thing that I found recently, or at least I saw, I saw on your social media was this excellent article, and we will put a link in the show notes to this article from the Huffington Post. And I'm just going to give the title of it. Uh And Tanya, (laughs) I want you to tell everybody about it. I was a married mom. Then I started narrating erotica. And my entire life changed. It's true. The whole story's in that headline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I decided to write the article. There had been kind of a, a blow up in the uh, community of narrators where, I don't want to go too far into specifics, but one of the narrators was talking about her discomfort with words mm. that a writer had written. But she kind of blamed the writer. And oh. when I heard that, I had a really strong reaction to it. And mm-hmm. I reacted first as a writer, but also as a narrator where I had a similar experience with the words and the actions that happened in erotica. Mm-hmm. But I didn't blame the writer. I realized that I was uncomfortable right? because there was I was uncomfortable in my own body. I was uncomfortable talking about sex. I was uncomfortable saying words, certain words out loud. Mm-hmm. And then when I narrated, you can't narrate a scene and be uncomfortable with the words or it breaks the illusion. Right. Yeah. And I also feel this way about people who don't really love the genre. Sometimes that comes through, too. Uh, so I wanted to write an article where I talked about my experience in growing to love the genre, but also the effect that it had on my private life. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Which was pretty significant. Yeah. One of the things that struck me most about this was the idea of now, because I have been reading romances for as long as I have, I have seen the evolution in the variety of, mm-hmm. of romances that are available and the stories that are being told. It's come a long way from Barbara Cartland and the bodice rippers of the mm-hmm. 80s and, you know, and on and on from there. And yeah, you still get the pirates and the Scottish lairds and everything else, but it's written with a lot more perspective to what women are, because it is primarily women who who read these books, but what women actually want to read rather than what they think is expected of them to read. One of the things that, that got me with your article was that, yeah, this is what we're this is what we're talking about our discomfort with ourselves Mm -hmm. and what our you know what our own pleasure is our comfort with our own bodies you can see also the evolution of romance books as women as a whole get more comfortable talking about all of the things that we were told was not ladylike to talk about right then the books have been able to talk about them right and i wish i i do wish that the genre as a whole had more respect yes and i think there's a number of reasons why it doesn't because it is primarily written, written by women for women is one of them because it has to do with sex or relationships so there's a lot of things in there that make it not respected and even in audiobooks there's you know people laugh about it or they think that if you record mostly romance and erotica, you're not a really good narrator or actor. And some of the most dramatic scenes that I have ever performed have been in romance and erotica. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that has required all of my skills as an actor. Very uh, challenging, satisfying and exciting. So yeah, I just I wanted to write the article because I wanted to have something positive out there that talked about it. And it talked about how I changed. And I wanted to talk about, you know, respecting these books that are the most consumed and earn the most money in the industry. So let's give it a little respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to take one of your performances from what I've read most recently. Because of uh, These Walls Can Talk, I wanted to hear you and Teddy Hamilton do something else again uh-huh. because I loved your chemistry for that book. And then so I came upon Before Summer Ends by Susan Mallory. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. record a lot for Susan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had noticed that this one was not with Teddy Hamilton, but it was with Jason Clark. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had been looking for that combination, of course. When you try and do a search in Audible for, for narrators, it's right. sketchy at best, but... But so I came upon this book and I didn't know what to expect. It was a old friends, you know, family friends to lovers. Uh It was just a wonderful, touching story. And it Uh was beautifully performed by you and Jason. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I got more than I thought I was expecting. Does Uh that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) All of these stories where we can get amazing performances Mm -hmm. from narrators. Those who are in what I would consider in your category of narration, where you have done not only romance, but but other categories as well, you know, then it's even 
even more so because you are drawing from so many different genres, so many different types of stories that inform your performances. Yeah, romance is not the least of these by any means. I, in fact, right. I think it's one of the most. I do too. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't represent the amount, the percentage of the market that it does. It wouldn't have the popularity that it does, particularly for audiobooks. There's just the stigma that still yeah. persists, yeah. even though there's no reason for it to persist. Yeah. Well, that's why I think like your podcast is great and other people just talk like we've found through social media, a community mm -hmm. of people and fans. And to be able to share that and talk about it and celebrate it is really lovely. Yeah. And yeah. like what I so, so I came into this sort of with some of those biases, you know, when I first when I first came into it, because, you know, I'd never really read romance before. I guess I'd picked up a Harlequin when I was in middle school and was like, I don't know about this and just never came back to it until we started this podcast. And, and, you know, there, the stories are fantastic. Even, you know, they're, they are just as good as anything else that, that has higher praise. Well, and I think too, that, that sometimes you just want to have fun too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, it's like, sometimes you want to eat cake and sometimes yeah. you want quinoa. Right. Right. I don't know who right. would make a choice between those two things, but uh, <laughs> we don't. But know sometimes you just want something fun. So yeah. well, and sometimes all you the want stories a are guaranteed. Valid. You want a guaranteed happy ending because you know there's there's something that is very comforting about being able to read a book where you know right you're not going to be miserable at the end of it. <laughs> well, and I like too that you know life is hard enough. Yeah, and right. it's nice right. that we can have this escape and we don't have to know the whole story. We might know some of the tropes, but we do have that security of knowing that things are going to work out. Right. And I find Everything's that gonna uh, be very okay. healing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, especially when we now, you know, we live in a world where we don't know. Yeah, you know, we, right. We, There's we, no we guarantee that everything's going to be OK. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I would much rather escape in a book where I knew Everybody yeah. was going to be fine by the end of it. You know, I was going to get to to laugh. And sometimes, yeah, I cry too. And But even on the ones that I'm crying over, it's because you know that they have, you know, suffered or gone through whatever pain or heartbreak or, or whatever has happened to them, that it makes that HEA so much sweeter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then And then everybody gets a love story whether they are, uh, you know, high school sweethearts or guys who have a criminal background or, <laughs> you know, been in, been in gangs. Although we have drawn the line in this podcast at genocidal maniacs. I don't want yeah, love stories yeah. for them. Yeah. But that's just... <laughs> Hitler doesn't get a love story. That's just my own personal preference. You know? uh, no, and I would not do that to you. So, <laughs> thank you. I think boundaries are healthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> boundaries are very healthy. Yes, yes. But of all of these books that you have narrated, and you mm -hmm. can include your own that you have written in in here as well, <laughs> is there a favorite world from these books that you would like to live in? There's a world I like to visit. I I really like MC motorcycle club yeah i love narrating those because the characters are so gritty and it's so passionate and there's so much high drama 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to visit there, but I want to live in the cozy small town yeah. uh, romances. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my two very favorites. <laughs> but that's the great thing about books, right? Is that you get to visit these worlds whenever you want, mm-hmm. you know, and all you have to do is open up the book again or, you know, turn on your audiobook again and, and you can be right there. Mm-hmm. What do you read for pleasure? Because you had mentioned that you now have time to read more for pleasure. So what are you, what are you reading? I'm currently reading a book called The Troop by Nick Cutter. It's horror. (laughs) It's a horror book about this Boy Scout troop up in Canada Uh and a disease that happens. Ooh. (laughs) That's what I read for fun. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Cool. And it's an escape, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. Well, and then I'm I'm working on uh, a new novel. I have a thriller that I've written and a memoir, and now I'm writing a back to romance. So I'm writing a... A cozy small town romance series. And I'm about 60 pages into the first book, world building. And so that's really fun. So I think when, especially when I'm working on something, then for pleasure, I want to do something that's the opposite. So you've got your cozy small town romance and then you're reading Boy Scout horror. Right. On the side. (laughs) That makes sense. Right? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. It makes absolute sense to us. Totally tracks. (laughs) So what do you enjoy doing more of the, do you enjoy doing the narration? Do you enjoy doing the writing? What's currently making you happiest? I I think of it all as the same. It's all the same thing. It's all storytelling. Mm -hmm. So it's just in a slightly different form. I adore narrating, but I also really enjoy the challenge of writing and creating relationships in this world. They draw from similar places in terms of creativity, but differently in how my brain processes. So I like them both. Yeah. After over a thousand titles, Uh (laughs) with as many titles as you have done, I'm particularly interested in hearing your answer, which is what word trips you up? What what word or phrase is just like, okay, this is going to take three takes to do? Oh, Yeah, so I had a combination of words, and Mm -hmm. it was, he reached out to touch her luscious, luscious? Oh, (laughs) I can't say. Wait, wait. (laughs) He reached out to touch her luscious chinchilla coat. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Luscious, luscious chinchilla. He reached out to touch her luscious chinchilla coat. That that is very specific. (laughs) It's very specific. (laughs) <laughs> wow. That was a backlist title. I can't remember who wrote it. That's a mouthful for sure. Luscious yeah. chinchilla. I mm-hmm. had to try it a number Luscious of times. Luscious chinchilla. Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. I wish it was Luscious chinchilla sweater, but oh, yeah. it was her coat. <laughs> Luscious chinchilla sweater. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been that would have been perfect. That would have been good. It's the the, the perfect combination of shounge. Mhm. But lots of, I mean, I'm sure you hear narrators say like um, uh, texts, breasts, you know, like yes, those yeah. lots of consonants or S's. Yeah, the hard consonants. sounds. We love Jack as a character. We just hate it when he asks something. Jack asks. Jack asks. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, yeah, it's usually not a single word. It's usually 
however, a combination of words. That makes sense. Yeah. And I just can't. I when just the can't sounds do it. come together and mm-hmm. they just don't come together quite right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's a common that that's a common answer that it's actually a phrase, not just one mm-hmm. word. Yeah trying to keep the flow going smoothly and you're doing great and you've got a rhythm and you're going and bam and suddenly you've stumbled well you know what else is really hard is is names yeah because you see a name and you think of course it's said this way and in romance we have a lot of names that are created Mm -hmm. or maybe not very popular right and you just assume it is hard to to say them and if you have like a a co-narrator you just have to really make sure that you coordinate so that you're both saying someone's name the same way those are little tricky things you're not always getting help from the author are you no sometimes i mean some it depends on how you're hired and it depends on contracts Uh sometimes we're not allowed to talk to the author um some authors yeah there are some publishers where you don't talk to uh, me yes you hardcore can't talk to the author, but some authors want to be involved, and there's just a, a wide variety. So it's kind of book by book. Is there a type of narration that is easier for you to do? Of course, you'd be coming at this as a narrator, a writer, and a producer. Uh-huh. The single narration easiest is duet, is dual, um, multicast. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, single is the easiest. Uh, it's hard to say. It's nothing about the job is like easy. But what's what's easy about single narration is that you'll be consistent in your choices and your characterizations. And you don't have to worry about other people. Right. Yeah. But I have to say it's really fun. A full cast is a blast because you get to play off of each other and it's a give and take, which is amazing. Working with a co-narrator, sometimes we have like communication before, but you're still kind of narrating independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is a little bit of back and forth. Yeah. So they're again, they're all fun, but different. Yeah. Because even when you're doing, most of the time when you're doing a dual narration where, you know, He's reading a chapter, you're reading a chapter, mm-hmm. and then duet narration where, you know, guy's reading the guy's dialogue and woman's reading the woman's dialogue. Yeah. There's, a, But you're still doing that separately. It's not like you're sitting here on a Zoom call like we are and, right. and you know, talking at each other or narrating mm-hmm. at each other. Right. You know, in my thousand books, I have only done one duet where I read all of the female parts and really? Yeah, only one. Yeah. Do you remember the book? I don't. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay, um, now we're going to, uh, listeners, go find it. Let yeah, us know. right? There's a there's a Easter egg hunt for That's you. That's right. Yeah. This one that exists somewhere out there. <laughs> yeah. She's got a it thousand was titles. Go do it. <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. Right. Yes. We'll expect a report back next month. <laughs> <laughs> But wow, that's fascinating. So only one duet. Now, mm-hmm. that's not your only These Walls Can Talk series was not your only multicast though. No, I've done a number of a multicast. Yeah. 
which are really fun. Recording for Aaron was a really special experience. Yeah. And then yeah. we did it on Zoom. So it was, uh, we were feeding off of each other. It was like having my friends in my little booth. And that was so fun. And then we got to go to Vegas mm-hmm. and perform it live, which we never get to perform uh, right. staged readings or live yeah. things. So that was, it was just such an incredible experience. And Erin's writing is so warm and she's, rich and funny and she's sexy. Fantastic. It's, yeah. yeah, super fun. We didn't tell you this, but she is the patron saint of our podcast. Aaron oh, Mellon. nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> that whole experience and the time in which you did it, you know, because you were, you were starting to record in 2020 after mm-hmm. everything Mm-hmm. And shut Happened, down. So yep. how surreal was that? I mean, because as a narrator, you're you're spending a lot of time by yourself anyway. Right. So was it was it really that surreal as it would be, say, for you know somebody who sees an office full of people every day? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's so different because you're used to doing everything on your own, and like mm-hmm. I'm a freaky morning person. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I wake up naturally without an alarm, like at five. A.M. Right. And I am in the booth at 530. Mm-hmm. So that's my process. But suddenly working with a team of people and there's who are not people, all morning people. No. So like all of a sudden <laughs> your schedule's different. You're you're communicating with people. But it was all part of what made it kind of delicious mm-hmm. that yeah. it was something in it in a in a time where every day is kind of a repeat of the last day. It was something really different and just plain fun. Oh, that's wonderful. Fantastic. And we are all very pleased to have had it and to have this entire catalog of all of your work to find and discover and now treasure hunt for. Thank you. Go find that one (laughs) duet. Go find that duet. (laughs) Go find that duet. And I just want to say thank you so much, Tanya, for being with us on the show today. And this has been this has been so much fun to talk to you and get to and get to find out more about you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for being with us on the program. And all the places that you can find Tanya online will be in the show notes on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Thanks for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next week for Zana's review of Whatever I Made Her Read. And probably a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.